Hello fellow drummers and lovers of drums, this is Secrets of Learning and Teaching Drums. Today in episode one, I'm going to be talking about uh, an experience I had recently with a student. I was trying to help them learn how to play fills. It's a common issue for teachers and for students, learning how to play fills correctly over music. I'm going to be covering a little bit about that. I'm also going to be talking about the new release, newly released course by Colin Woolway uh, on his book Drum Sense, which is now available on Udemy. I'll be talking a little bit about my experiences with that. And um, that's going to cover most of the podcast for today. So it's most of what's going on in my life at the moment, really. So it's Saturday. You know, I'm a little bit tired. It's the end of the week. I've noticed the kids are really struggling uh, today because it's their first week back during you know, the COVID scenario. So a lot of them are wearing masks at school and there's no air con and they're just tired, you know. So you have to work harder as a teacher in these scenarios to keep the enthusiasm up. And uh, so good luck to all of you guys out there if you're teaching and all the students as well uh, in the current situation. Keep the faith and stay strong and remember why you're doing it. It's for love and passion and, you know, the joy of drumming. And uh, let's just keep this drumming boat sailing along lovely. So anyway... The first thing I want to talk about is the drum fills thing, right? Um, I mean, when I was 12 years old, I got my first free drum lessons at school, right? I didn't. My family couldn't afford drum lessons, actually, so I got the, something with the Dorset Music Service, and the teacher gave us, like, three months of snare lessons. That guy was proper traditional, and I loved it, right? While the other three kids kind of quit, I was lapping up this information and, and putting it to use. And I really believe to this day, it was because of my background in joining a church choir when I was eight after my grandmother died. And, you know, I kind of, I come from a very, as I say, a tough background. We didn't have a lot of money. A lot of my musical education has actually come from giving my time freely. You know, the reason I got given the school lessons was because of joining the, the orchestra, you know. So I kind of paid my dues by, uh, often by just giving to the community or giving to services. So anyway so my background in the choir those four years gave me a great musical ear as well as having music in the household all the time you know my mother's a massive music fan and you know my big brother as well there's always been music playing in the house since I was little so I think having a good musical ear before you even pick up sticks can really help you a lot in having a key advantage but if you don't have a musical ear now I suggest that you try to go, you know, go for that and make that an equal part of your practice when you're, or, or if you're teaching students, that you know, you go ahead and make sure that they're consistently putting music first in their practice as well. It's so hard sometimes to try to teach vocabulary as well as get the kids listening and going through music and have a listening sort of segment to your that's specifically organised, you know, to your teaching system. So anyway, I mean, I I know for a fact that that's been a massive part of my advantage so even though I had a tough life at home sometimes well a lot you know stepdad wasn't too kind and, and my my uh you know had bullies everywhere as many people have dealt with I was still able to become a paid drummer within about three years of playing because of that kind of advantage and also obsessive practice right so I really believe that the enthusiasm came from music you know my connection to music and having an advantage there in being able to smoothly take on the information and apply it instantaneously to the music I love, right? I mean, that's a great advantage to keep you excited and focused. So anyway, the reason I'm talking about this is I noticed just yesterday that one of my students' reasons for struggling with the fills wasn't that he couldn't hear the fill. And we'd gone over already the relationship between the drum fill and the beat. You know, he was very good at being able to identify semi-quavers, you know, the, uh, the one and a feel against the pulse of a quaver beat. So, you know, like an eight beat. So he had the one and two and three and four and a one. 
one E and a two E and a three and four and was one of the fills we were doing. And he comfortably was able to shift between those two after, you know, me helping him to vocalize that and count it out loud and clap his hands. And in one session, he really, really took on and understood the relationship between those two rhythms through counting and, and vocalizing and clapping. Okay. But he still couldn't play it over music. The moment he was playing over music, it was all gone. So this week I've given him, given him a homework that's purely ear-based and we're going to kind of splice it all together later. So now he's got some backing tracks to listen to, some drumless tracks. And the goal is for him to sing the different parts, but it's one of those tracks with, with click on it, right? So, and I'm suggesting he goes and listens to a few and finds a few that he likes and claps along with the click that's on the track and starts singing the bass line that he hears or singing the guitar line, okay? So what that's doing for him is essentially helping him settle into the downbeat while starting to sing along and understand and hear the bass lines. I think a lot of drummers, in my experience, a lot of drum students in the early phases, beginners, tend to try to listen to the drums too much. You know, they're not listening to the rest of the band. And as a result of that, they kind of lose their sense of, you know, timing and where they are in the music, you know. So playing the beat doesn't really tell the story as effectively as learning how to understand the four bar structure of a bass line or a chord system. So I do think that drummers that feel a bit lost or less inspired in the early phases often don't need more beats and fills. What they actually need is more music. And I found that to be impressively effective, you know, with starter drummers and giving them a bit of a boost emotionally and, um, also giving them a, a place to go for their drums so that they're not always just playing alone in silence, you know. So that's his job this week. I'll let you know how how he gets on and uh, let you know how that goes. And if I come up against any struggles or problems, I'll try to give you the benefit of my experience to, you know, see if it benefits or helps any of you. Let me know your thoughts as well. I love hearing comments and feedback from people. But yeah, just, you know, I encourage playing to music regularly through my experience of you know, being in choir first, that was just a huge advantage and, and I highly recommend giving your students or as a student yourself, as a learner, giving yourself that advantage by singing along to tunes regularly and starting to break that stuff down. So having a musical ear. Now, so the next thing I wanted to talk about today is Colin Walway's course. And this is amazing. Um, the I've been teaching now for about 10 years and I've been full time for about five or six when I first started teaching, it was an absolute minefield trying to figure out how to digest and break down, well, not digest myself, but how to break down this information that I knew naturally now at that point for someone else. It's been so many years at that point since I'd has, you know, had actual direct um, basic education in drums, right? You know, So you kind of take what you know for granted when you first get into teaching, I think. So having a proper education from another teacher is invaluable. And Colin Woolway is without a doubt highly knowledgeable on the subject you know he's a bit of a legend so many drum drum teachers out there use drum sense as a basis for their teaching but not everybody knows how to how to how to actually go through the book so i bought this course anyway because i was just very curious and being the way i am i love pushing my drum teaching to the next level and i'm always happy to go back over basics again with someone with a unique perspective or plenty of experience to understand any key distinctions that I might be missing that could help my students get a better you know a better advantage in the learning curve so anyway I highly recommend this course on Udemy you know quite often on Udemy they offer deals as well so keep a lookout for that but you know Colin always packed together a great course 
and it really does show you his methodology, his philosophy of how he likes to go through the book. And that for me is crucial. I think that for many teachers and students alike, the big problem isn't what to practice, it's more often how and when. You know, like, when do I start playing this? That's why a lot of the people that say to you, I don't know what to practice. What they're really saying is when that this, this common issue online, I think what people are really saying is often is I don't know when to practice. Like, I don't know when to practice what. There's all this information out there. People get overloaded and they don't know what sequence to do things in. Right. So sequence is key. And I always seem to see that teachers, when they write a book, they seem to put the order in something that's just completely different to the way they actually teach it you know so the order they actually go through the book with a student and the way it's laid out is completely different to the book itself and that can cause kind of problems for teachers so I recommend that if you do if you are passionate about a given book I think it's always good to go to the the guy that wrote it and take a few lessons with them about how to teach it you know and so this is an incredibly, it's a bargain setup to be able to get that kind of education from Colin himself about how to understand and break down drum sense. And then you start to see the sense in his, you know, no pun intended. Um, so that obviously the pun was intended. I, I'm li I lied. So the, the see the sense or the logic in his layout. Right. And I think that's invaluable. It really is. And if you can, I personally have got a great, deal of value and there are certain things that he did like i'll give you an example where he likes to take someone as they go into the 16 beat segment of the book if you if you know the book he, he'll like to then go back to the eight beat version the eight beat variation which has got the same key rhythm in it and he will then get the student to jump from one ostinato pattern to the next ostinato pattern and he'll do that through all of these different ostinato patterns and eventually get the student being able to switch between you know virtually any one of them and still retain the same key groove underneath between the bass and snare. So, you know, concepts like that and when to include that in the course for the student, these things are brilliant and they really help you to understand how to get more out of the student and how the student can get more out of the book too. So as a student, again, if you're looking for courses to help you improve your learning, you know, I think there's so many people out there giving courses out or selling courses for, you know, X, Y, Z amount of money. But there you know that sometimes we're missing the trick here that there are people out there teachers that have you know they've done their due diligence they've spent years working hard learning what works and what doesn't and you know the newest thing might be very appealing but it's not necessarily the best answer to solve certain problems so you know i think it's good to keep an open mind and try and look at old ways new ways you know and like bruce lee said you know take what's useful, get rid of what's not, and then add what's uniquely your own. I think I'm, I'm paraphrasing, you know what I mean? I think that's what we all kind of need to do is look to the old, look to the new, look to the current and and um, try to find and pick out the most important and most vital, valuable pieces of information. And that's why to this day, I think syncopation, stick control books like that are still absolute classics. And I personally like to mix up syncopation with... Um, you know with with the use of drum sense i really like doing that i've also got a lot of materials i create myself but i've kind of modeled what works and looked for gaps in some of these books and things that i've gone over over the years that i just felt like weren't covered properly in those books in a way that i would like them to be covered in order to help a student take those steps so you know that's something that you can do i think if you've been through those courses and experienced 
you know how they've broken it down you can then start to spot any weaknesses you personally notice um, especially in application with the student and as a learner too you know you go through a book go through that course and you think well hang on a minute I can't quite do this so you know and then connect the dots and solve those problems right it speeds up the learning curve hugely so yeah as a teacher I highly highly recommend going and checking that course out I also noticed his methodology matches my framework, which I call the perfect practice. He kind of uses these four steps consistently. Um, I call them get it, use it, mix it, music. It's like the drumming password, gum, right? So get it, use it, mix it, music. You kind of get an idea. You, you it's, This is all about getting the challenge level right, not too hard, not too easy. Somewhere in the middle that's like doable within about 15 minutes for a student so they don't feel overwhelmed. Um, that pacing element is is really challenging, you know, and I think as a student we need to th consider that as well. You know, whenever I'm learning new parts, I'm always trying to break things down into smaller bite-sized pieces if I need to so that I can get something done and start to connect stuff together, you know. Everybody knows that's important. So, yeah, but I like the Get It concept because it helps me to get a student rolling and um, start to understand the basics of what I call the four T's, right, T technique, timing, troop and um tone right it's a touch tone so you know whenever someone's using syncopation they're really doing a lot of a combination of get it really and some of the mix it which is the third element for me but i've got get it use it mix it music use it is is creative application mix it is obviously combining ideas into a fluid uh musical sentence so to speak and there's many ways to do that and then finally music but i I like to call it sort of like music in every phase, like get it, a bit of music, use it, a bit of music, mix it, a bit of music and so on. So I really like seeing Colin's approach because you can kind of see that methodology naturally coming out in his approach where he's consistently bringing them back to music with each key setup and then gradually pulling them out of one single concept into application on the kit dynamics and then mixing it up with beats and fills and then you know consistently applying that over music and then looking at musical forms like AABA structures and so on by giving them simpler pieces that they can start to digest and understand this stuff is huge you know I really think that any teacher just starting out or anyone who's been doing it a while who wants to just brush up I see so much value in looking over these sorts of things and it's really benefiting me anyway to see it from someone else's perspective and see what I'm doing that's working and also spot things that I could do to improve my teaching and, and approach anyway so um you know if, if you've been getting value out of this obviously subscribe check out further podcasts they'll be coming out regularly and um you know i'm going to be bringing in drummers onto the podcast to be interviewed and drum teachers you know people i respect and uh, so keep a lookout because there's going to be some i'm certain there's going to be some amazing drummers and drum teachers coming onto this podcast over time i'm incredibly curious as you may have noticed <laughs> And, uh, you know, I love asking questions to people who know what they're talking about and trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. So come back and check out more podcasts and you get to hear some more of uh, these pearls of wisdom from these these intelligent and, and very passionate and determined teachers and players. And, yeah, if you have any questions yourself that you'd like asked, you know, comment and, you know, get in touch and let me know because I'll happily put forward questions if you know there's a drummer coming in or a, or a teacher coming in and you'd really like to um, ask your questions. I'm even considering going live with some of these in the future so that some of you guys could join me on the call and actually 
join me live to talk to these drummers and drum teachers. Anyway, so this is Matt here. This has been my first ever episode of the Secrets of Learning and Teaching Drums. Um, Infinity Drumming is the website. If you'd like to check them out, uh, check out my website. Um, you'll be able to go over there and access uh, kind of notes from the podcast and stuff like that. That would you know benefit you, and you'd like to be able to get summaries of these podcasts as they come out. I'm going to be making a sort of weekly newsletter with you know, key points or things that I think were particularly useful or beneficial. Uh, for you guys to be able to study and implement in your teaching or, or in your personal learning on the drums. Anyway, my pleasure. It's been great hanging out with you. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. There'll be plenty more on the way and I will catch you in the next episode.